I thought of a song. Okay. Let's talk about rats, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good rats and the great rats that will be. I actually didn't think about the end of it, but I thought of that. I like about rats. Let's talk about rats. We can we can do that. We can talk That's about rats. For... Is the binary good and great? There's Once, no other. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because there's no bad rats. So there's like a good there's like a good rat and then there's the great rat. The great That's rats fair. are what we try to focus on here. Yes. If How are you? Day, I'm 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 good. I'm actually nervous right now because I have a picture book on submission with two editors. And for some reason, it, I'm like putting all my self-worth into whether or not the book gets um, I don't even know the professional term, even though I've done it a bunch, purchased. Um, so I'm a little it nervous. It wouldn't be option. That's movies, right? Yeah, that's. I think that's movies. You would think I would know since I've done this a couple of times, but they give they give me an advance. I sign a paper and then I get, then they have a, then there's a book. But, so I'm very nervous about that um, right now, this month. Really want if that past to success is a predictor of the future in any way i'm sure it will be wonderful and you will find success thank you that was lovely i feel like in the long run whatever's going to happen is going to happen that is true that's true because you can't go backwards uh time is linear that's not according to true detective season one <laughs> but uh, I kept waiting. I really wanted them to say the line, sir, you are a true detective. And then it didn't happen. And then I kept pretending they did say it. And I, I kept saying to people, like, didn't you love it when they said, you, sir, are a true detective? You know, that's a great idea. That's like, that would have been such a good line. It would have been so good. It would have been painfully good. What about you? Maybe. What are you up to this week? Oh, sorry. No, finish. Let's talk well, about now, True Detective. Now I want to watch True Detective, but maybe they'll end the series that way. Like, aren't we all just true detectives? And then they shrug and they walk away. <laughs> and it's just like, like a shot. Just walking into the distance for a long time over the credits. Yep. While, he was uh, a true detective. Detecting things that were true. Yeah. That I mean, that is a, a good question is what are they detecting? The truth. Yeah. It sounds like. I don't past the first season, I don't know. Correct. The, yeah. I don't remember yeah. what any of them did. Yeah, I felt like season one. Yeah, I think we all did. So the I believe this is a practice of the national like the NOAA to name hurricanes, right? Right. Um within the last about ten or twelve years. Only the Weather Channel, this is not an official thing, has started naming winter storms. So do you, do you know the name of this winter storm? No, I do not. What is the name of this winter storm? Winter storm ember. Like fire. I was like, but that's a fire. Yeah. But not all winters. That sounds like a firestorm. Yeah. That's is yeah. this this was their first one? Or they've been doing this, this for a while? They've been doing this for 12 years. Uh the 12th what? season that the Weather Channel is naming winter storms. And so it always is winter storm something. Yes. Yes. So I can read you some of the other ones because they follow a similar pattern of A, B, C, D, like alphabetical order.
Let's also try to guess if it, or just not guess, but in our opinion, would it be a good name for a, a rat as well? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great idea. Great okay. idea. So I'll skip the first few because they're, you know, we're on Ember now. Okay. Uh, indigo. Mm, that's a rat. You think? What What would the indigo rat be like? What's their vibe? I think there's a a fancy rat that's called like mink colored. And I think indigo is a very shy, but like, but uh, competent rat. Maybe a little mysterious. Okay. I could okay. see it with a hat. Ooh. Like it's a, a little bit debonair. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Lorraine. Feels like it could be a rat, but not one that I'd want to hang out with. Torment. <laughs> Torment is a giant rat. That's a big rat. That's a big Tormund? boy. Torment. Like uh, Game of Thrones. What I it, think it's I think it's Scandinavian in origin. Oh, now I feel like I've been offensive. I'm sorry, Tormans out there. Okay, like the guy from Game of Thrones will come after you, or okay. Zell, which is Ooh. not a name that I've ever heard before. To be I honest, I love Orzel. Orzel. I don't think that's a rat. I think that's no. like an underwater like octopus. That's they're pretty, right? Not an above ground. Yeah. Not an above ground creature. No, that's a that's a below ocean or below. Okay. How about Let's Unitus? Have... Unitus? Wait, that's Winter's... the last name. Winter, Winter Storm, Storm Unitus. Unitus? Yeah. Like Johnny Unitas, the football player. It's, it's a crappy name for a winter storm. Because winter storms divide us. They don't unite yeah. us. Do they where you live in Massachusetts, do people put the space savers out? The chairs on the on the streets? Not as much. Spot. Our our complex has assigned parking, so we kind ah. of circumvent the the space saving battles with cones and deck chairs and things like that. But I imagine that if I were to walk down to let's say uh, Davis Square, then you might see a little bit of territorialism with respect to the cones and the shoveling. I mean, if you shovel that space and you drive off and you come back and like. Oh, I've seen it. Unitas thing. Yeah, no, it's. I've never seen yeah. a fight, but it's always it was always looming when we used to have on street parking. I I will say the the final the last three the X Y Zs for winter storms twenty three through twenty four are the strangest names that they possibly could have gone with. Okay. X is Xenops. Oh, a yellow bird. I, okay. <laughs> There's X-E-N-O-P-S. very N O P S. Yep. That's a yellow it's a yellow bird. Okay. Does it yeah. speak snowstorm to you? Or is it no. primarily a tropical? Yep. I okay. just it's it literally there's only three words that have an X in them. And I know that because I was trying to write a book of words with only the word with only X words in them, and that's the only one. So that's why okay. I know it's a yellow bird. I like that name. I like that name. Would it be appropriate for a, a blizzard? None of these are appropriate for a blizzard. These are all these are yeah. all stupid names. I'm sorry, stupid is a rude word, but no, I mean, no, none of none of I, these are. They're good. not kind of like Lorraine. I like Lorraine, I yeah. guess. And there, are, but, I'm skipping past yeah. the the more orthodox ones like Jerry and Heather. <laughs> Jerry, but, the winter storm. With oh, sorry guys, I'm just here I'm winter storming. Oh man, I'm sorry. Yeah, I could see that one. Okay, so what's why? Yoshino. 
Yoshino. Which is, again, not a name that I've heard of before. Uh, It is the name of a restaurant in New York City. Delicious. Uh, And it's a a town in Japan. And then finally for Z, we have Xyler. Xyler? Xyler. Like they just swapped out the T and made it. Yeah. Xyler. Yep. All right. I mean, these these are all uh, fine. I think it's fine. I think it's it. I am very anti naming hurricanes ever since my son's named hurricane destroyed my niece and nephews and sister in law's house. Like that was a little traumatic for me. So your son's Enops. My son's Enops. Yeah. yeah. Winterstorm Enops. His actual name is Winterstorm Enops. Thank you. And he destroyed a house. That's too. So bad. I don't like. I, you know, I don't like any of these, these whimsy things. I don't know. I don't need it in my life. No, I think winter storms are not loved, even though yeah. I like need it so badly. I need there to be we an may have winter. another one next week. Good. That's when Jerry comes to town. Okay. Well, now that I can control the weather, but now I have a goal, which is controlling the weather and bringing Jerry to town. Bring Jerry. Oh my God. And then Heather will come I and like then that. Indigo, as we've discussed. And then so these are our... future storms that you were yeah. naming. Oh, oh yeah. Not- so we may not get to Xenops, but we we will get to Finn. We may get to Jerry. God, we I want get to get to, to Jerry. God, I want to get to Jerry so bad. Maybe I'm now in, so I've gone back on this. Did I think about the fact that these are they haven't happened yet? And now I'm excited about it because now I can be the person who's like telling people that that's what their names are. I'll be like, yeah. my friend, Dr. Carrie Anderson, told me this storm is called Finn. So get yeah. ready. All right. I have, a, I have a piece of trivia for you. Okay. And I, this is going to be a hard to answer question, but I want you to guess how many relatives can two rats produce in a year? So this is like the kids of the two rats and then the kids of the kids of the two rats and the kids and the kids of the two rats. So what, what they, they have about five to 10 little ratlings a litter and they can have three to six litters in their lifetime. That's all the data you have. So how many, how many relatives, ancestors, how many? I'm not sure what the right word is. Relatives feels good. Can two rats. Descendants. That's a good one. What do you think? You know, this is an, a classic exponential math question. You know? I thought you might like it. Yeah. yeah. I Well, I actually started reading a book about, it's called Once Upon a Prime, and it's about <laughs> the relationship between math and literature. Sounds really cool. It's like our relationship. That's it. <laughs> between... Someone who's really smart and someone who's hanging on by a thread. <laughs> which one is which? Which one, one is crime? <laughs> so okay, I so, would need to know the gestation period of a rat. Um, the gestation period is 21 to 23 days. Okay. So, yeah. so if a single rat can have six-ish litters during a lifetime, gestation yeah. period is about three to four weeks. That's a <laughs> lot of rats. Yeah. You know, I... I would get out my TI-83 calculator, but... No, you would. Those things are great, by the way. They still... You are... You're trying to... You're doing math on the side. I know what you're yep. doing. You just, <laughs> just have to... <laughs> I'm doing a calculation. Does it help to know that rats can have... Uh, um, can make love with each other? I'm sorry that I just said that. Edit that out, Justin. I don't want to ever say that. They can um, They can mate 500, 500 times in two hours. Dang. Yeah. Obviously, all I, those won't 
You know, I'll I'll just ballpark it with a big number and just say six thousand. Wow, that's a good guess. It is actually one thousand two hundred fifty. Okay, so I was significantly off, but yeah, I wish it was more. Yeah, but if you if you keep going, I think there's a certain point where, like, after three years, there could be a billion like offspring. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah, I mean that's the power of exponents and rat love. Yes, I love math. I love that about you. <laughs> That's something that a lot of people talk about. I watched a, a an old VHS tape that we had recorded from the TV that's now on YouTube. It's called Donald in Math Magic Land. And it's all about Donald Duck learning about like the Fibonacci sequence and geometry and Pythagoras. It's a great, great, great little movie. Is it? It's, it yeah. sounds... Well, well, Donald Duck fought Hitler in the 40s, so it's nice that he's he singing math to the children in the, I'm assuming that was from the 80s. 70s, I, I believe. 70s? Oh. Yeah. This is yeah. vintage for you when you were born. This was vintage, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And it was it was the one of the tapes that we wore out playing in the VCR. Apparently it was 1959, according to our producer, I'm a, Justin. I'm a liar. Oh, you know? that's okay. She loves math. She hates the truth. She's yep. Dr. Carrie Anderson. I'm not a true detective. <laughs> I'm a lies detective. No lies detected. But there were lies. It was the confidence, though. It was like, you it know, was the 70s. It felt 70s. Yeah. So maybe it was just ahead of its time. Pythagoras. I can't even Pythagoras? say it. Pythagoras. Is so it a man? dude's name was Pythagoras. Winter Storm Pythagoras. Pythagoras. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been better than Winter Storm Preston. I hate him. I'll I'll tell you something that I learned uh, this afternoon, which is that in Ontario, in Canada, they've officially declared a new rodent to be an invasive species in spite of the fact that it is not yet found there. It's just knocking at the door of Ontario. Wait. Um, okay. You know what? Do you want to guess what type of rodent this is? You're talking about Ontario. It has yes. an impending infestation. So that They're means it's about it. moving from someplace else. Is it gerbils? <laughs> moving from the south north Moving from the south north is it capybaras no but it's very close to that it is really a, it is a nutria which nutria they uh they describe up. as so the the latin name for nutria actually translates to mouse beaver because <laughs> it looks like a beaver with the head of a mouse it's got like the you know the the typical prototypical mouse teeth and the little ears but it looks it looks like a an aggressive guinea pig, an aggressive and massive guinea pig. Like yeah. I I personally find capybaras quite cute. I met yes. one this past fall. It was adorable. Ugh. It looks different. It's giving groundhog, but it's giving like nightmare groundhog. It's got those classic rodent teeth. It almost has like a flat bat nose, tiny little yeah. ears, and beady little eyes, which I love. But um, that's it's not great. No, it's what? Okay, so they can grow as long as sixty centimeters, and can get 
up to about nine kilograms in weight, which in in the U.S. metrics would be about twenty five pounds. Jesus, bonkers! I can't do the exact biscuit calculation. Oh, sorry, they're about nineteen pounds. Oh, uh, God, the lies are just. It's I just know. You know. Tonight. I'm just a detective. <laughs> the opposite of truth. This so is, what's been happening okay. is they've been they've been moving from they're native to like South America, but they've uh, been introduced slowly up north and they've started to make it up all the way to the Great Lakes, which is why Ontario uh, is, of course, concerned about the intrusion of this species. And because these nutrient nutrients, 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 <laughs> the nutrients, yeah, these creatures would have a lot of burrowing and foraging behavior similar to what we would see with other other rodents. Yeah. Uh, they're concerned about the impact on ecology and agriculture, any diseases they might bring to other Ooh. other animals and humans and things like that. So they have been officially added to Ontario's Invasive Species Act. This is but this seems okay. I think it's right. I think Canada's doing the right thing. But yeah. what I am curious about is if it's if this if the nutrients have made it up from south america to to the great lakes are americans concerned about these muskrat monsters or are we so, just like whatever it's just like those boas that are here. loose in florida we just hunt them it's great so it's kind of a mixed record the really? some states have have gone so far as to offer bounties for any nutria that uh, that people bring in and, and kill Ooh. to um, basically crowdsource any population control. So if you see a nutria, you're meant to kill it in those states uh, because they have really significant impacts on local ecosystems. Do they but, eat? I mean, they're like a vegetarian situation. Uh, I mean, if they're burrowing, they'll mess stuff up. They'll yeah. dig into stuff. Things will be collapsing. Bridges will yep. be collapsing. Yep, exactly. Yeah. In uh, in this piece that I read about it, um, one of the the states where nutria are very prolific is Louisiana, and uh, they apparently have started making dog treats with nutria meat as one of the ingredients because they're so prevalent and they're just all over the place. Like they're swarming Louisiana. What? So, yeah. Why don't I? We should. I I don't. That's why why we're here is to share the share the news. No, that's right. That's what we're here. This is why we're here because the fact that there's nutria in Louisiana to the extent where people are inventing cuisine around them for their pets means it's pretty significant. I also think it's obviously climate change probably has something to do with the migration. Um. But I also wonder if this is the rat army building its ranks, calling up the like the tougher rodents from from other places, the bigger ones. And and this is sort of the beginning of, you know, the rat apocalypse that I'm there. You know, maybe they're the, the cavalry or they are the cavalry. <laughs> so the little rats will ride on top of the nutria. The yeah. nutria will ride on top of the capybara and the capybara. Will they just bite me? Yes, we'll bite Harry over and over again. I thought they were so chill, but that video of the capybara biting you was um, 
really it was it was initially (laughs) chill until i ran out of kale and then it decided that my jacket's buttons were the next thing to snack on Well, can I tell you about one of my favorite? Do because I'm doing the deep dive this week, the sewer dive. Yes, I'm doing the Please. academics. I'm going to paint you a picture to sort of set the scene. It is January 2023, so like a year ago. Um, you, Dr. Carrie Anderson, you're walking around Union Square in New York City. Familiar with it? I'm, I'm yes. sure. I okay, so may you- have actually been doing that at that point. Ooh, that's exciting. I think we were together. You and me. Yes, yeah, we, we were at been. the dog show. In that's January right 2023 so we could have been living through this we were just a couple blocks too far west okay so you and i were walking uh in union square we approached the corner of 17th street and we're coming up on old tammany hall which i'm sure you're familiar with yes. very historic political building and currently well january 2023 it is being transformed into a, a three-story petco so we're walking by and then we hear a rumble of a ford f-150 which I looked up Actually. and it's a pickup truck. Right. Yes, exactly. So we turn our heads, we see this white pickup truck pull up at the curb and we're like, that's weird. And then we look in the cargo bed. I had to look up what the back of the pickup truck was called. It's called the cargo bed. And we see something that's actually tied down. It is, it's monstrous. It's 10 feet tall. It has blood red eyes. It has this hit, the hideous, hideous, huge teeth. They're yellow. They're like, it looks like it's about to bite us. Uh, it has a belly full of scabby, oozing sores. Um, it's it's sort of posed up like it's like with claws out. It's ready to attack. Do you know what this monster is? It is scabby, the pro-union inflatable rats. Oh. Are you familiar with this fantastic rats? I am not. You're not? Oh, no. goodness. So I'll send you, or maybe our 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 beautiful um, assistant slash producer can send a picture of Scabby. So Scabby is essentially I will find one. a big blow up inflatable rat, beloved by those that know it, uh, and it is a American labor icon, like very well known. He appears at labor disputes, so sometimes strikes, but a lot of times Scabby shows up when he's uh, there's protesting of non union workers being hired. So this is a pro-union rat. They can run from about, they're usually about 12 feet tall. So this is a big rat, especially like in a city street. It's a giant thing. They can be as small as seven feet. They can be 30 feet high though, I've heard. He can come in orange or green, but I've only ever seen him in this classic rat gray. So very mm-hmm. natural colored. And so when you are walking down the street in New York City, in any city, in any place actually, and you see a scabby blown up in front of Uh, like a half constructed building, you know that the owners are up to no good because it is a symbol of bad labor practices. Do you, (laughs) I know a little bit about labor unions. So like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pop off a little bit about why they're important. Feel free to, you know, interject some facts or math, but uh, labor unions are really important because they keep workers safe. They do things like make sure that they're being paid fairly make sure they get insurance. They're being treated fairly. And basically, bosses hate them because it makes it much harder to exploit workers. Uh, that's why a union is why good. we have weekends, too. Did you know that it's actually not always illegal to hire non-union workers? So this is why Scabby's so great, because Scabby lets you protest at a work site. Um, 
and it draws all this attention and you know immediately that there's just bad practices going on. It's a great giant inflatable rat. Kids love it. You take pictures with it. It's hideous, but it's our thing. It's we, I, it's like a, the rat of the people is what I think. Who started is, this? So what a fabulous transition. There are actually two stories uh, about where Scabby came from. So one, I'll, I'll go through both of them. I think the first one is much more believable, but the second one's interesting because it has to do with who manufactures the the inflatables, which is, it's a whole other thing. So the first story, and you'll be happy about this because you are from Illinois, are you not? Are you from Michigan? I am. You're from Illinois. Yes. 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 So uh, Scabby was born in Illinois. So love that for you. Sweet. Yeah. The first people that claim the creation of Scabby was a union called the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 150 in Plainville, Illinois. It's a union for people that are operating huge machinery. In 1989, which is the year he was born, this was a pretty anti-union time in, in American history. Again, I'm sort of dabbling. Is this like... You are a historian, but is that yes. a fair fact? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, especially after, I would say 1981 was a big watershed moment in union history due to the Patco strike under oh. Reagan. Talk about Reagan. rats, am I right? Yeah. Reagan. Hey. Yeah. hey oh. So there was a significant decline in, in both union membership and in reputations of unions. Was Patco, is it a man? Is it a- Air traffic control. So basically- Air traffic control, okay. The air traffic control union in in the early 80s went on strike and Uh Reagan used kind of a buried law that nobody really used to uh, fire all of them and completely disrupt air travel for several months. And not only that, a lot of them were blacklisted from federal employment- up until Bill Clinton oh my took them God. off the blacklist. So he ruined a lot of lives. It's one of those things where if you are like growing up and conscious in the early 80s, yeah. you would have seen it on the news. But but basically, like Reagan fired the entirety of the air traffic control workforce. See, I don't know those details, but I remember like in 1989, I was eight. And I remember the vibe in general, was that unions were corrupt. They were like run by the mafia. The president steal money. They're lazy. They get their workers. They don't want, they don't want to do anything. They don't want to work. Yeah. Like, that was the vibe. And so it makes sense that by 1989, like unions needed to fight really hard to get respect and get attention mm-hmm. from the public, which they need support for. So that's probably, I and mean, it's definitely why Scabby became such a pivotal moment. So you need a symbol. You need a symbol. So the symbol started out. So the local 150 president, Jim Sweeney, he started out putting rats on signs to protest non-union um, labor. And so the the signs got a lot of attention. It was like we said before, like rats were sort of a, a stand-in for general rotten behavior mm-hmm. or like untrustworthiness. It's like a very negative thing. And so I guess it, a lot of people would walk by and be like, what's going on? They were protesting outside a hotel and they're like does that hotel have rats or maybe they just people just like rats i think people are drawn to rats and so jim noticed that it got a lot of attention so he decided to make rat costumes and so we had people protesting in these in these big rat costumes and there's actually really funny footage of some of the protesting workers going to the boss's house and like bowing down in these rat costumes pretending that like he's the king rat it's great that was working better but apparently in the summer 
in Illinois, you could probably tell us it gets really hot. And so the, the suits yes. got really stinky. He called it the smell gamey in a story that I read. And so then he was driving by a huge car lot and he saw a big inflatable gorilla and got inspired to to contract out to a, a company to make a, a small inflatable rat roof attachment. So it was like, oh, it was on top of a car, not as big as the scabbies we know today, uh, but they, they would strap this inflatable rat on a Volkswagen uh, that was painted to look like an exterminator. And they would bring that to work sites um, to shame companies that hired non-union workers. And I'm going to send you a... In a news article, <laughs> apparently I always say news article. It's really funny. Not I'm just like an article this is or an ad from the local 150 newsletter, where in November of 1989 they ran a name the rat contest for this inflatable rat and for the car, and the winner of this contest was a local 150 member whose name was Lou Mahu. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. It's M-A-H-I-E-U, but that's how I'm pretending it is pronounced. And the winning name, of course, was Scabby, which is a takeoff of Scab or a strike-breaking worker. He won a jacket. The Do we actually- know any of the other names that were No. <laughs> no. I, I want to know the no. names. Okay. Yeah. Well, there was definitely like Xenops was one of them. I think Lorraine. Yeah. Um, Ormond. Yeah. And uh, Preston, those were all Unitas. ones. That didn't yeah, Unitas didn't Zyler. fit so with the losers. Yeah. <laughs> Zyler, okay. Zyler, they actually burnt that submission. Good. So he won. The car, the car also has a name, which is called Scab Tracker, but I, this just didn't stick. So this, this is the, the thing I sent you is a is a picture from the newsletter that has a picture of the of the Scab Tracker and the beautiful rat on top of it, and it says lovely. Local 150's Ratmobile is on the prowl. And they all, you know, the, this is this is how they, they named Scabby. And it's a beautiful name. And accurate. And very accurate. Although it's become, Scabby is like on our side now. You know, like Scabby works for the unions. Scabby is not like on the boss's side, although he represents like the bad parts of non-union labor and exploiting workers. But the second story is that the International Union of Bricklayers and Allied Craft Workers um, which is also in Plainville, Illinois, I believe. At least they have like a chapter there. They claim that the rat was designed by one of their guys, whose name was Ken Lambert. Um, and the only reason that this has any traction is that the manufacturer who makes almost all the rat balloons in Plainville, Illinois, called Big Sky Balloon, backs up that they got the order from this guy, Ken Lambert, who's in a different um, union. So I know it's a little confusing and it's possible that two people had the same idea at the same time or maybe Ken's history. Yes. Yes. The company that makes them, Big Sky Balloon, um, do you think that they are a union shop? I, you know, the way you say it now, now I'm guessing, no, they are not. They are not. They are not. They are, they are not unionized with their balloon making. Classic. Machines. Isn't that fun? I think that's fun. Um, I will say I pulled up the Wikipedia article about this, and I love the C also list of other inflatable manufactured goods. I was just getting to that list. It's so funny. We're so in the same. We're so in sync. Yeah. I mean, there are things here that I don't understand. What is an air dancer? That's the. Oh, an air dancer. It's like one of these things. Yeah. Oh, it's the floppy arm. I always saw that as tube man. Yeah, Yeah, we call them balloon goons over here. So I know this is a podcast, but just so you know, 
the producer Justin and I both just stood up and danced like balloons. Yeah, there's. The I mean, there's so there's also a cockroach. There's um like a corporate fat cat character and a greedy pig. There's also, and I would love your take on this. There's a lizard on a pipe over a campfire. Like a lizard on a spit? Like it's not it? Maybe it's on a spit. I'm gonna go, we're going to bigballoon.com. Wait, no, what is it? Big Sky Balloon Company. They started out making hot air balloons. That's not important. None of this is important, <laughs> but it's so important to me. <laughs> it's so important. So the lizard's on like a on the on like U-shaped like plumber's pipe with a fire underneath it. The lizard's getting cooked. But so none of those are as popular as Scabby, obviously. Of course. Um, of course. Is there any relation between Scabby and the Trump balloon that made its way across <laughs> the the country, the world? I'm not sure exactly where he, where he was, but I mean, they I feel like they must be cousins or something. They're definitely cousins, I think. And it's it's weird because do you feel like that balloon was beloved? Like, I felt like it was like it truly was a symbol of something that was bad. Like, I wasn't like, I love that balloon. I'm going to cuddle it where, you know, scabby. I do want to cuddle it. But they, like, if you want to make a point, blow it up full Get of air and balloon. float it in, in the sky. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And well, it's so funny you bring up. Trump because he his his administration actually went after Scabby which so Scabby gets in hot water a lot I guess it's yeah. sort of like the trans the transition into like Scabby is beloved when you see Scabby everyone loves it um but Scabby is not loved by everybody Scabby being an inflatable balloon often gets stabbed um and deflated so I'm I'm gonna send you a YouTube video of yeah I guess inflatables are not resilient no, and in fact, they make uh, scabbies now that have like, it looks like they've been sewn up from being stabbed. Like it's part of the design now. It's like, you can stab us, but we still go. Well, crime alert now, a woman is facing charges after being arrested during a protest at Staub Funeral Home. 31-year-old Lauren Staub was arrested for criminal damage. Police say that she punctured a giant inflatable rat that was being used in the protest. Protesters say that they're protesting the funeral home for hiring a non-unionized roofer. So what's interesting is the funeral home is called Stab. It's called Stab. <laughs> PJ Stab. And then it got so maybe they're just following directions. It was the whole. I'm sure it was it with you. <laughs> no, it was they were protesting non-union uh, workers in in the funeral home. But yeah, they pronounce it stab, but it's absolutely stab. So okay. that was. I just wanted you to know that I'm crying. Who? I'm crying. Feel, who did it? Um, Mrs. Stab. Mrs. Yeah. Mrs. Stab. She did it. Okay. The, the inflatable so is valued at five thousand dollars. Yeah, they can be that's quite expensive. Cheap. That's no, that's that's actually the lower end of what I've read. Um, might have been a smaller one or secondhand. It could have been secondhand, but then they have they sew, they patch it up, and they blow yeah. it up, and they bring it to the next site. So some of the other things that some of the hot water that Scabby has found himself in in New York in 1999, police arrested Scabby, a 30 foot Scabby that was being How used by the balloon. I think they probably deflated it and dragged it out, but I would like to think about handcuffs. I, I could see some handcuffs, like like inflatable handcuffs, and they pull them on like an inflatable police car, hit them with an inflatable baton. It's like a little, it's like a little pantomime, but mm -hmm. it's still upsetting. The, they said he was blocking traffic, essentially. So oh. he got arrested. 
and they the 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 local 78 sued to get it back and they actually said to the new york daily news that uh scabby was a victim of police brutality which is fun but the biggest thing that always happens to scabby is that well bosses hate scabby i keep saying bosses like it's the 1930s but like owners like people that that hire non-union labor whoever yes. they are they really hate scabby and so there's an there was an ongoing debate for a long time about whether scabby was protected by the first amendment and so mm. obama's labor relations board said yes and that was sort of put into into place but employers they sue well they sue for two different reasons and this is again i'm dipping into things i'm not super familiar with so please keep me honest although the lies will not yeah um, the liar so yeah exactly picketing is uh picket lines are legally restricted there's rules around what you can uh, how you can picket things but there's no rules around protests they're protected and so a lot of employers use this tactic of calling scabby unlawful picketing which means that they think people will confuse scabby for a picket line which is a little silly um and then also sometimes scabby isn't put at a construction site but they'll put the union will put scabby at maybe like like the the super duper market that's already open instead of the super duper market that's being constructed with non-union labor so that mm -hmm. people that are actually shopping will be like oh they're using non-union labor that's pretty sketchy so but that's actually called secondary protests and so they're, they're saying that you that's not protected into trump's administration the the national labor relations board hated scabby and like actually spent a lot of our taxpayer money like like backing lawsuits to try to get scabby taken off of commission entirely uh, i quote the national labor relation board scabby deserves no first amendment protection because he is so scary that his mere presence forces people away from a business and encourages other workers to strike i'm sorry it's a, too scary it's, a, it's too scary um so it's against the first amendment because it's too scary. And then it, it can, it's a, it's scabby uh, appeals to emotions rather than to reason. And so therefore it shouldn't be protected. But so a lot of time and effort was put into these lawsuits against scabby, but when it's a very Biden, questionable argument, it's, it doesn't make sense. I don't know that, that what emotions has to do with first amendment rights to begin with. I mean, they said it's intimidating. They were saying scabby's intimidating, but I, and, and it's an unmistakable symbol of contempt. It's just, it's, it's nonsense. And and Joe Biden's um, general counsel for the National Labor uh, Relations Board agreed. And they, they said that uh, fighting Scabby was a waste of resources. So currently Scabby is safe. Good. Um, nobody is trying to take Scabby off the streets. And so these days, Scabby is, you know, doing Scabby's thing. Uh, Scabby How many Scabbies are there? That, that is a great question. I'm just going to go over to my notes. How many scabbies are there? I'm still on this page. America. The number of inflatable goods out there. This is scabies. It changed scabbies to scabies. There's a lot. I mean, there's, there's, let's see, uh, more, more than you'd think, but less than we need. How about that? That's how many scabbies that's, there that's are. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but, but scabby has shown up. Uh, supporting the striking Starbucks Starbucks workers in 2022. Scabby showed up to support the um, Writers Guild of, of America East Union during the writers' strike, specifically around HBO and Amazon's New York um, headquarters. So Scabby is Scabby is doing it. Scabby is he a presence around. that yeah, and and um, 
I feel like even though this isn't an Illinois thing, Scabby feels very New York to me. Um, probably that's just because where I encountered him, but it feels like this really beautiful moment of, of taking what's grotesque about the city with, I mean, if you want to consider rats grotesque, which I of course don't, but like they are, you know, they're not clean, but taking that and how dirty and tough it is, but then also taking the grotesqueness of exploiting workers and putting them into this balloon that is hideous, but also lovable. And beautiful and fun. So that's that's scabby and one of my favorite rats of all time, for sure. The way we describe things that are beautiful and impressive, but also terrible and terrifying was sublime. And there's an incredible amount of wonderful and fascinating scholarship about the nature of the sublime by David Nye. That is that's scabby. Scabby. The feeling you sublime. get when you're standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon and you're so taken with the beauty, but you're also like, holy cow, this is a big hole. Too spooky. Scabby puts a big hole in the heart of people practicing bad labor practices. But that's exactly it. It is sublime. And I do feel um, just happier knowing that Scabby's around. If you could have an inflatable of anything that you would use to protest something rats taken right can't take so rats. irrespective what would you what would you make i mean would, and large i would just buy one of these lizards on the pipe over the fire and it would be open to interpretation what i was protesting that's what i, I like would that do. yeah or maybe um a natria because it's not a rat but it is very big and spooky yeah Those what about you I'm not blow? sure. I'm not sure. I might. I like the the air dancer floppy arm. Yeah, guys. I like seeing them at car lots. Me too. They're very attention grabbing. Yeah. So, but I would love to appropriate that into a political sphere and use those use their arms to comment on something. I'm not sure what my cause will be yet. But you do, like, imagine was, being at a yeah. protest and you see floppy arms. Yeah. Floppy arms. It could be a giant middle finger, too. That could be fun. That that could be flopping yeah. all over the place. Flopping all over the place. Just like that's how I flip people off. I'm just like. Is it effective? No. <laughs> that's fine. That's probably fine. <laughs> oh, my gosh. OK. Well, OK. So we're almost out of time. I've decided. Um, so do you want to rate some puns, some rap puns with me? Sure. Okay. Rate, rate them. Rate them. Okay. So not write them. Not write them. Okay. I mean, I think all the, we could write some. I don't think the audience would really enjoy listening to us. I'm not great at improv. No, same. I actually have nightmares about trying to do improv again. Okay. But no, so I've got some of my, some of my favorite ones and I'd love to just, just rate, rate how good you think this pun is and how often we should use it on the podcast. Okay. So the on first a scale one, of one to five rats on a scale of one to five rats. Yes. Okay. So pun number one, uh, gratitude, and this could either be for gratitude or attitude. Ratitude. I, I'd say four and a half rats. Four and a half. Yeah. Four and a half rats for sure. Cause I gotta I like leave them. room for five. That's true. You haven't heard the perfect ones yet. Okay. Yeah radical so like pretend it's the 90s and we're saying that's radical our Not producer doesn't political like it. radicalism it could be political radicalism justin justin gives it a two i would that's say radical. i would say three because i i like the idea of scabby using it oh yeah 
and Scabby saying like, oh, we're going to rat- radicalize our people walking on the street. We're going to radicalize these children. I like that too. And now I want to do a, um, a Scabby TV show. Okay. This one's a sentence. So this might be a little tough following along. So can you keep a Sikh rat? One. That's a one. Okay. It takes a yeah. little, it's hard to, it's pass, a struggle. Like, it's it is what well, you have to set it up a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The last one, uh, Brodens. Five. That's a five for Perfect. me too. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Love Easy those. One. Well, thank you for another rat talk, Carrie. It's always nice to thank brodent you. with you. Tell us yeah. one more lie before we go. Yeah.